Barris, how are you? Welcome Massive. to The Negative Nerds. Yeah, welcome to The Negative Nerds. A podcast in which we both review gear, we talk about gear, we talk about automations, talk about things that we have put together. Basically, we talk about all the things that keep us going through a week where <laughs> we know the world is going to end. Yeah, which yeah. seems to be pretty much every week Every now. week. It's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. Interesting so, is a word. Yeah, interesting is an interesting <laughs> word, is it not? <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. So I have a question. Is is last week's episode up already? <laughs> okay. All right, so there's a little story. <laughs> did I win? Oh, you won. You You did better than win, my friend. Check this out. Oh, no. So I, I was working on this on last week's podcast. This is sort of what, what we were calling 0.7.1 beta, right. the negative nerds, because we had kind of come up to this, this you know, we, we were, we've, we've been, the two of us have been very diligent about making oh, yeah. these recordings every week. However, yeah. I feel like we haven't, we hadn't really found our groove no. Maybe until last week or, yeah, last week. Yeah. And I was very excited. I was podcasting. We hadn't, what we hadn't figured out is how to r- really work this system. So it was taking a good bit more time. I had to, like, do a lot more editing and I had to, you know, make sure all the voices were in the transcription word together. Anyway. Right. So I was working on it. I was like, I, I, swear, I swear to God, I was 75% done. And then four o'clock, I was working on it like two hours ago. Four o'clock ran around. I I saw that I had a, an audio test in the projects folder. And I said, oh, wait, I, I don't need that anymore. And I right-clicked to delete it. Oh. So now we got to back this up a little bit too, though. Yeah, I didn't delete the audio test. Let me just put it that way. Okay. Oh. All right, so we got to back it up a little bit too, because because the the bet that was won wasn't really even a bet; it was just an <laughs> offhand comment that I made last week when we recorded. You know, we have been fairly religious about actually getting getting together and podcasting, quote unquote, air quotes, podcasting every week for months. Yeah, you know, so we have yeah. we have lots of these recordings we saved, do. and we probably won't delete them unless we try to delete the the test. But or we put them on on my direct attached storage device, the Drobo. You know, then they'll then they can be deleted too. So anyway, the you know we we probably uh, won't delete them, but we just neither one of us is really into editing them, and so <laughs> part of what's come around is we've made the decision to trim the format and make it less freeform, make it a little bit more organized, and actually create. You know, this is for the two people who are listening, yeah, and actually create uh, a, sort of a, a click record publish yeah. situation so yeah. it goes straight through yeah. you know so last week we hadn't quite gotten to that point yet because matt is the automation guy and he he's going to turn turn this into that and so the joke was that they would know whether or not it worked if this week's episode gets published before last week's episode yeah so here we are yeah <laughs> <sighs> When winning doesn't feel good. When winning feels terrible. <laughs> kind of like losing. Look, it's not, it is not, I, I can go back and I can, I, it's not like the original files were gone. So that's sure. not a problem. Just, but just all your work. Just all the work that I did. <laughs> okay. It really was a pretty fun 
episode where we talked about doorbells and automations and mm-hmm. all kinds of fun things like that. But Beautiful. you won. You did win. This this episode will undoubtedly come out before. So so tell me, Matt, what did I win? <sighs> Let's see. What did you win, Nathan? <laughs> you won a brand new car. Oh, good. Can I sell it? <laughs> You won the right to live one oh, more week. Excellent. I'll take it. I don't actually know if that's a prize or not, but cool. <laughs> oh, uh, or a promise. Dun, dun. Right. Yeah. That's not a promise. Yeah. This is a promise. This is a promise. What are we going to talk about today, Nate? Ooh. I've got I've got a couple of I've got at least a thing that I Okay. It's, let's Yeah. Let's start with your thing. Huh? Let's start with your thing. Yeah. It's light. It's easy. It's, you know, whatever. One interesting thing that you and I are having fun with is reviewing things on Amazon. Oh, reviewing yes. products on Amazon. And <laughs> you actually have been elevated to yes. a Vine reviewer, a Vine right. consultant. What are they? What do you call it? They call them Vine Especially voices. A voice. Yes. Been elevated yes. to the Vine, which yeah. is a great honor. A very mysterious. I guess. Very. <laughs> hey, to be clear, I never tried to do that. Right. Like I, my goal was not to do that. It was just to leave a a informative review about mm-hmm. things that I had a negative experience with. <laughs> negative nerds. Right. Right. Yeah. So you were just you know you were just playing a character that is yourself. You were you were not playing a character. <laughs> it's not a character. <laughs> I'm genuinely this negative all the time. I don't know why you're my friend. <laughs> Because, because, because. Uh, so many reasons. Anyway, so you fairly recently gained this grant honor. And yeah, I mean, you can't, you don't know, no one knows the the criteria, really. You can guess. Right. People have guessed. They don't really know it's been going on. Anyway, so it's really fun because now you are able to, you have a whole new world of Amazon things that, that they'll send to you and for reviewing. And I just got bit by this bug. I mean, first, the concept of, of having things that could come that I don't pay for that I just have to review. That's just fun, right? But then I was like, well, wait a minute. I already have all manner of shit coming to me from Amazon just endlessly. And so maybe, I mean, partly maybe I could join you as a Vine voice, but also just for fun. And so there's a couple of things that I've really had fun doing. I've just kind of gone through all all the products that I've had and made little videos and and taking some pictures and and had a lot of fun doing it. Today, in fact, we got these little pieces of plastic. We were stunned to find they don't even have like a sticky sticky side, but they're little tiny super rubbery stoppers that you put underneath a big old chopping block, a cutting board. Silicone feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And because cool. I was, for some reason, just suddenly out of the blue, started like flip-flopping around, which is extremely dangerous if you have a sharp knife and you're cutting on stuff. So, man, I just freaked out about this $7 thing. So I'm going to, I'm excited to review that. But you and I both are fans of a fella named Caleb, mm-hmm. who has a YouTube channel called uh, DSLR... Shooter. Shooter. And he's a smart guy. He's obviously very good at what he does, but but he likes to do the sort of the little clickbaity five things under 50 bucks, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's, 
I mean, he's got a YouTube channel. That's what they have to do. Yeah, he's smart. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's a, obviously a smart guy. I really have learned so much from that channel. And he does it really well, and he's not cheese ball, and is really great. Anyway, so one of the things on that he found on Amazon, he likes to find little, just kind of like what we're talking about, these weird little things. One of the things that, that I saw, you turned me on to the Rode Wireless Go 2 Mm-hmm. series of wireless microphones and they're miraculous yeah they're miraculous for people who don't know there's one transmitter that you you can attach to literally anything laptop with USB-C, a regular old mic cable and then the other side you've got these receivers and the receivers are sorry transmitters sorry sorry two transmitters one receiver the receiver goes onto your camera your microphone your computer wherever you want to pull in sound from the transmitters the microphones but and these little squares tiny squares are above average microphones on their own but you can then add a separate better microphone from anywhere and right. there's no latency that anyone can tell anyway the one issue is that there's three little things the battery lasts for a long time but it doesn't last forever it's still a battery because it's wireless you know it doesn't last forever and so up till now i've had this little thing on my desk with three usb cables and i have to remember to plug it in you were you were crafty enough to build your own road wireless go to mic box charging system, which is probably better than this thing that I just got. But I now have my own version of this, and it's like 50 bucks, and it's a very sturdy box. Yeah. Heavy, with like a battery in it, and you just take your devices, and they've actually even kindly, you know, separated the TX from the RX, and you just kind of slip them in to these little slots. And I think that's just for organization, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. you just kind of click them in, set it, and forget it. And man, it's so cool. It's what nice it? to be able to pull it out, and it's always full. The battery's always full. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then if you're if you're on location somewhere and you're filming something, and you're moving to another location, when you pack it up before you go to the next location, you put it back in the box so it tops off the charge by the time you're over there. Right. You know, it's it really is gorgeous. I think I built mine sometime last year. I don't remember. And also, this also doubles as a portable battery. You know, I don't know that I want to charge my phone in an emergency. Yeah. Does it have an external, like, a USB port that you can plug into? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Awesome. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I, I 3D printed the inset for mine, and then I used a Pelican 1060 case. And uh-huh. so that was really nice because it's waterproof. I actually put an external port on it that is also a waterproof USB-C port. So that's a really nice sort of bonus. Yes. And then when the battery dies, I just pull the insert out and I put a new battery in. See, you so. did make it better. Well, I mean, it's it's probably clunkier too. Not as polished, but it's mine. <laughs> if something goes wrong, I know what I can do to it. It's true. So It's true. Know. And I probably spent a lot more time than going to Amazon and clicking and buying something. I spent a lot more time on the design element. So, because I had to actually... 3D print the insert. So this is something that we did touch on last week, which was you build hardware because you genuinely want to. You put it so well last week. <laughs> now I, even though I edited it, I can't remember what exactly you said. But you were you were basically saying, look, learning to build something on your own is not necessarily the time saving or money saving thing. 
It's right. just it's just the I want to know how to, how it works. Yeah, it's it's the it's the joy of doing it. I yeah. mean, my time would be better spent if I went and did a paying gig and then took a tiny fraction of that money and went and bought the thing that I choose to design. But the reality is is that nothing that you buy online is exactly the way that you would have made it anyway. Right. You know, and so so by going through that iterative process and learning how to use my 3D printer, you know, I bought a bought a transformer and I wired a plug onto it and then I 3D printed a housing for it. And now it's mounted out front and it's running my video doorbell so that I don't have to be out in the gallery all the time. Somebody could just press the button and I can say, hey, do you want in? They say yes. And I go up and I let them in. They can buy something, you know, but building the housing, doing all those things, assembling the parts. I spent probably, I don't know, $15 on the doorbell transformer and I had wire and stuff laying around. And then the video doorbell itself actually got off a vine. So my my input to it was very low, right. but the satisfaction of doing it and knowing how it's wired, and I, something that's interesting is I can almost guarantee you that very few people listening even know where the doorbell transformer is in their house. Oh, hell no. You know, so going to find that to replace it is a whole thing. Like they're going to call an electrician and they're going to blah, blah, blah. And it's just a pain in the ass. But if you install one, <laughs> you know where it is. You can move it around. You can do different things with it. One of one of the revelations to me is that doorbells actually function on AC power, not DC like everything today. So Why? the transformer doesn't turn it from, from AC to DC. Well, part of it is probably because whenever it happened, everything was AC whenever they first came up with them. You know, doorbells have been basically the same since the 1940s. And so using direct current in a house environment wasn't something that we really did. You know, we were just just getting used to having AC power, much less converting to different things. So what they did is they put a step-down transformer that takes it from 120, or I guess in the, back then it was 110 volts, it takes it from that down to like anywhere from 12 to 24 volts, depending on the doorbell. And so it's a much lower voltage, much higher amperage, but a much lower voltage. And, and it's just made to run forever. And they did. They do. You know, I've got a, a doorbell in, in my other building, the warehouse building. And that thing's been there since the 1950s. And it still runs. It just needed a little cleaning up. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they just don't, don't really. Update it. Yeah. Yeah, they don't die. They've been making the same exact doorbell since like 1948. So... It's just neat to like knowing that and knowing that history and knowing sort of the elements about it. That's the process that that fascinates me. And that's what keeps me from jumping off a bridge. (laughs) I mean, mean, you know, that's that's the part of life that I really engage with more than anything else. I love learning shit. Right. No, I yeah. And I think you could definitely, definitely argue that you did learn more than I would have by spending, you know, 50 bucks on this thing. Well, and and more than that, I mean, I think that there's no, there are no original ideas. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't believe that like, like that idea was my idea. I think that that's just, you know, I think that, that at this point in human history, almost everything we do is iterative. Sure. You know, and so just figuring out how it works, you know, up until I I read one time that up until uh, the industrial revolution, one person could encompass within themselves all of human knowledge. You know, so they could be a doctorate in multiple things and be as good at it as 
any other doctorate. They could learn all the sciences. They could learn all the history, right? And that after that point, when we started going up that curve at an exponential rate, our capacity, we no longer can do that. We cannot learn everything that there is to know anymore. And right. so we can we can delve into the minutia and delve into the things that are that we enjoy, you know, but I'm never going to be a surgeon and I'm cool with that. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. No, no, no. I, I, I get you. You know, I, I love software. I love software things. I love I love the iterations. I love the Christmas present or the Hanukkah present or the atheist's Festivus. gift. I like the the waking up and going, oh, that's that's the thing that I wanted from that developer. And I think as a developer, that's the kind of thing that I'm always trying to fix and make better and find for people. And I want them to wake up and say, oh, my gosh, it's so much easier than it was last week. It's so much better or prettier or this or that. It feels like presence. I think that you struck on the one thing that I think binds us together in friendship and in this podcast. You know, we both enjoy the iterative process. We enjoy finding something, refining it, making it better, and making it do specifically what we want the way we want to make it. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like we said last week, you know, your approach is more software and sort of UX. My approach is more hardware and making something do a specific function on its own. You know, and I think the beautiful thing about that is that it's all refinement and it all has to do with paying enough attention to the thing that it is that you're trying to do to want to make it do it better. Mm. And I think that's that connection. And that's sort of the way that we're just looking at the same issues from two different perspectives. And it's Uh, beautiful. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Why not? I accept that. Well, along those lines, I've been trying to automate all manner of things. We talked last week about how mad I get, <laughs> needlessly furious of things that I'm doing over and over and over or get tripped up or blah, blah, blah. So the one this week was I like using uh, a guided meditation app. It's called Calm. I, I usually kind of live with timers and things because I don't have a great grasp on time. So meditation is always the kind of thing that I try to do in the morning when I get to work and and without fail, as soon as I turn on this app and I have like my headphones on and and I'm kind of sitting quietly, like my watch will just go Oh wow. Because texting you can get to me, right? There's certain <laughs> things I don't let notifications, but typically people don't sit around and text me all day. It's not is this, not, is this your way of saying stop texting me? Nathan, God <laughs> damn it, Nathan. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. No, that's the point. There aren't a lot of people who have my number. aren't a lot of people who text me. It's you, basically you, my wife. My brother doesn't even because he lives on Slack. You know, my mom, basically. Not that many people do, which is wonderful. But, you know, and, and a couple of other friends, it's, it's only like a group blank, right? So this morning it was a friend of ours got a promotion. And, and so it was Lindsay and this friend and, you know, the husband and all these things are just geek, 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 geek. I was like, Gah! and it's fine. It's fine. I love them. I'm not going to check it, but it's already hard enough to try to sit in silence. Anyway, long story short, I wrote a little shortcut so that when I open up this app, it sets a do not disturb, which shuts all those things down automatically, sets it for 10 minutes. 
and then it turns it back on. Because I don't want to forget that I have, you know, this do not disturb, this focus mode yeah. on. Yeah. But it, it gives me the 10 minutes that I meditate. And maybe people are texting me in that time. Maybe they're not. But it shuts everything down for 10 minutes. And so I won't, I won't experience that anymore, which is lovely. I bet you can breathe better. It's really <laughs> lovely. That's that's an interesting thing, though, because we are given to believe in in our society. We we are given to believe that if we're not on all the time, mm. something is going to burn down. You know, yeah. it's that constant fear that there's going to be a crisis in that instant. When the reality is that even if there's a crisis, ten minutes, half an hour, an hour, is not likely to make a significant difference. In the outcome. Right. You know, if somebody needs you that bad, mm-hmm. it's going to be your wife. Right. <laughs> or they're going to be able to get in touch with your wife. Mm-hmm. And she's not really very far away because your office is not far from home. Right. And if you're not answering for an hour or two hours and she needs something desperately, she'll come knocking on the door, you know? Yeah. That's something I've been kind of trying to to come to grips with in my own work. I've been a wedding photographer for so long and that's not really where my heart is anymore. Right. And so, so I have been having to come to grips with the fact that I only have so much energy that I can give to it daily. Right. And whenever I'm done, if I try to continue to give to it, bad things happen, Yes. (laughs) you know, in my own head and in reality, because I don't edit well, I don't, call well. I'll sit Mm -hmm. there and stare at pictures for an hour and not do anything. Right. And then that that leads to the whole cyclical depression because how can you be a wedding photographer or do this stuff if you don't do this stuff, you know, if you can't do it on command. But I think that that by creating a different kind of space for ourselves, you did it with software. I've done it in the physical world. I've created myself a room that nobody else is allowed to come into. <laughs> this is the first time in my life, and I'm 47 years old, it's the first time in my life that I've ever had a space that's just dedicated to my stuff. I've had office space, but always at home, which no matter what you do when it's at home, it's 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 got at least two or three uses. Right. right? But here, I have to physically come here, I have to physically come in the door, I lock it behind me, and I'm in my room. I'm I, in my space. I've seen this room, but but I'm I'm kind of in my mind hoping that it's like one of those legitimate panic rooms. With like a vault door? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where you press a button and like your sister or someone are following you into the building and then you go get into the room maybe, you know, ten or feet ahead of them and you press one little button on the side and they're just like do 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 this 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 metal door. <laughs> Just, and it has to have that hissing air sound. Yes, exactly. Of the airlock, yeah. yeah and yeah. you, and you yeah. don't even hear heartbreaking knocking yeah. happening. Yeah. That's what I want it to be like. Uh, so, okay, so here's the question then. I, I'm with you, and, and it, I think that finding that silence, finding that space needs to be easier in life. And I, I do say that the Googles and the Apples are are doing a much better job than they did when they discovered the nightmare that they created for people. But the the truth is that 
what I'm learning now is, oh, 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 I can't just remember to turn it off. I now have to actively force these things to be off when I need them to be off. And that's okay. I build it once and it's done and I don't think about it again. And I just, I, I get that panic room. <laughs> I build my own software version of a panic room and that's good. So what do you do to keep from experiencing the outside world? You mean in general? So oh. once you're in this room, like what's to keep people from texting, calling, emailing you? What do you yeah. do from within there to to beat out distractions? None of the people that I <laughs> I love really initiate texting. Mm -hmm. right. right. That makes sense. So, well, we are of an age. Yep. And yeah. so I don't leave my ringer on ever mm -hmm. on my phone. Yeah, me neither. So it's it's always on silent. And I don't turn my computer off of focus assist mode. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not so much what do I do to keep things out as what doors do I open to let things in? Okay, sure. Okay, so so what I'll do is I'll work on whatever I'm working on or I'll organize my day or I'll clean the desk or I'll pick my nose or whatever I feel like doing mm -hmm. until I'm done with that thing. And then I might go check my email. Mm-hmm. You know, or I might look at my phone to see who's called. But I, I don't actively engage anymore with, with anything, mm -hmm. you know, that's and that's not my default. I don't engage by default. Right. Right. So, so rather than having to turn it off, I have to turn it on. And that's, okay. that's how I kind of keep the world at bay. I've kind of reached that stage where people don't. <laughs> they don't reach out because I don't answer the phone. I guess I was just saying I'm exactly the same way. Like I have I've trained myself now to check email twice a day, but I have to based on business things. I don't answer my phone either. I thought I used to be really good at multitasking. That was a lie. I was living a lie. I'm good at doing two things at once or seeming like I can, but there's no there's no quality. There's nothing happening there. So even someone talking while we're watching a movie or something is an impossibility for me. So right. I'm learning that the levels of sensitivity to my focus, to my, my tendency to jump focus to anything new, you know, so that's all. That's it. Sounds like you're on the right. You're on the right road, and you and you don't have that. You don't have the distractions that I have for trying to change things, trying to move things, you know, trying to get away from Gmails. And there's also there's also the fact that that where I live, there's less stimulation. Right. You know, I mean, there's there's I live in a tiny little town. You live in Chicago. Yeah. You know, by a tiny little town, I mean that there are 1,600 people living yeah. in this town. You're not joking. You know, it's yeah. this is a different thing. I actually have a friend, and I think I've talked to you about him before, but I've got a friend whose family opted out of electricity when they were bringing it up the valley. And so he grew up, he's maybe 10 years older than us. He grew up without electricity. His kids grew up without electricity in their house. They still use an outhouse. They've got a, they've got a well pump inside the house that they hand pump. That they use, it's wood fire, wood fired heat. You know, just totally, totally off the grid, completely off the grid. They wouldn't even let the the electric company put lines across their land. So, at a certain point, though, why do they well, feel like they're living better? Is it a religious thing? It's not religious. So, so this particular guy makes moonshine. Okay. You know, the 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 moonshiner that anti government 
mindset has been here all along. So where I live is one of the few places in the United States where the Trail of Tears started near here with the Cherokee. It started in multiple locations. It didn't only start near here, but this was one of the primary places that they, they brought the eastern band of the Cherokee from out to Oklahoma. 500 men stayed behind from the eastern band and were so successful at fighting the government that they won the right to have a reservation on their native lands, on their indigenous, their homeland, right? Mm-hmm. That did not happen with almost anybody else. And so when you talk about like the Cherokee Casino and the Cherokee Reservation that's here, that is from those 500 men fighting. Mm-hmm. But that mentality has been present in this area all the way back. <laughs> and it wasn't perfect. It wasn't <clears throat> idyllic. But everybody who came here was so far away from any of the rest of the world that like in the 1920s, a guy came through here and started the John C. Campbell Folk School. And initially they had a hard time getting started because what they wanted to do was to teach local people how to integrate with society. And so like, you know, what fork to use and how to how to read and write and, and be in society and all that stuff. And they were shocked to learn that the local people were actually really very smart and completely capable. They just didn't care. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, so instead they shifted their, their whole focus and started teaching, bringing students here from everywhere else in the country and later on in the world. And now they teach 850 classes a year, primarily focused around Appalachian traditions. Right. I mean, there are other things that aren't Appalachian inherently, but things that were done here were the core of their their teachings. So, you know, the people here were were smart, independent, and didn't like to be told what to do. <laughs> and so that's that's kind of what this guy, you know, he got he got busted a few times for making and selling moonshine. He's got a really nice truck, <laughs> you know. And when the uh, city of Hayesville, North Carolina, wanted to put up a still as part of the, the this museum that they were building, they called him to build it for them because they wanted to make sure they got it accurate. <laughs> so, wow. He did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, and he just, he's just, he's funny, man. I mean, he's about my height, but he is probably 10 inches broader in the shoulders than I am. And I'm not a small dude. No. Right. But he always talks like this. He talks like this all the time. My name's Luther. Yep. It's nice to meet you. When I first moved up here, I got sick. I had pneumonia and I was, I was dead to the world. And he came over and brought a little pint of his moonshine. And he said, what you do is you pour it into a saucer, you set it on fire, you let it burn for 10 seconds, snuff it out, and shoot it. And he said, it'll knock you out for a day, but you'll be fine when you wake up. Sure enough. I, I did it. 18 hours later, I woke up and I was fine. What do you, what do you mean? It, you, you, wait a minute. What do you mean you were knocked out? It was that potent. You know, I was what? already sick, and it was just ridiculously strong moonshine. So... Oh my God! You know, it was medicine. I mean, yeah, it was it was fun medicine, but it was medicine. Was it fun? I mean, that wasn't particularly fun me for me because I was like bordering on the edge of pneumonia. But, but yeah, it would have been fun. Jeez, <laughs> that's anyway. that's amazing. So yeah. Did you have any other projects that you that you were that you wanted to speak about? Oh, I don't know. I could talk. I made that HEPA filter. Did I tell you about that? Did you? Yeah, yeah. It's just basically a box with a fan and some filters. I mean, it's super easy. 
It's quiet. I use a Noctua fan from a, a yeah. computer fan. Yeah. Moves a really good volume of air. I haven't measured how much air it moves, but I use my little decibel meter. It's no louder than ambient sound. So I've put it up underneath my bed in my bedroom, and it's noticeable. Damn. How would you how would you hack a better humidifier? You know, I've I have learned the the research I did this year was definitely that the the evaporative method of humidifier is is best over the mists or anything like that. And I don't you know you don't want to have to get into the whole distilled water thing because that's painful and expensive. How would you uh, build a better humidifier? I mean, they're they're basically simple. You know, the humidifiers and water heaters and all that stuff, that, that technology hasn't really changed much. Mm-mm. No, it Since, is it is yeah. literally a, a pot of water and yeah. a wick, some sort of wicking thing, like a light right. towel, and it just evaporates. And yeah. it, it's, it's just whatever well, picks up through the wick. So I think warming the air would really help because it would it would push, but you would need to make it point toward the center of the room. Just point it toward the middle of the room, and that'll increase the humidity across the room. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, it'll it'll distribute it more. It'll mix more with the existing ambient air, you know, the the air that's already in there. And instead of being a stream of super saturated air, it will be sort of like a a general increase in humidity throughout the room. Hmm. Is the purpose of this to go specifically for anti-static? Well, no. I mean, it, this started this year for me because I got back from Louisville and I just, my asthma was worse than it has ever been. And so yeah. I, and it was super dry. And I, so I just did all the research and we, we paid someone to clean air ducts and we, and we, you know, spent a long time trying to find humidifiers and I did. I got a couple, and it 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 really does help. It does really does yeah. seem to help. But they're always talking about how hard it is to clean, and how everyone's almost died because of the mold. And and I know that these are probably morons that that don't ever clean the thing. But in this process, I found this dude that had he was a musician. So mm-hmm. whether it's static or drying out guitars or asthma, right. whatever it is, it you know. Most people say evaporative is the best, not the not the mist. It, yeah, the, the cool mist or whatever. Yeah. Right. That 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 stuff doesn't really work. But this guy set something up in his in his instrument room, and mm. it was basically a bucket that he cut a hole in and a little towel rod, and he had shredded a bunch of like handy wipes. And he installed the fan on the other side. Of, of the bucket, so the water wicks up. But the best thing about that is there's no buying or paying somebody for, you know, filter wicks. He just, right. they're so cheap, he just makes a bunch of them, replaces them every week or something, and he's done. You could also throw a Raspberry Pi in the mix if you wanted to. Okay, or now just you're talking. Arduino. Now yeah. you're talking. Keep going. That's what, I so, to, that's what I was getting at, Nathan. I got you. It would be a very minimal amount of code. All you would have to do is have it measure your ambient humidity, set a target value, you know, or a target range more likely, like a few percentage points, and then have it turn on when it's below and off when it's above a, a cutoff point. That's it. So... You just need the, the appropriate sensor, which will probably cost you $4 and, you know, I don't know, maybe 
10 minutes of Python code. Oh my gosh. And with that, oh my gosh. So here's here's the problem with all the store-bought ones, which run anywhere from 30 bucks that you know don't work to, I guess, the ones that I bought, which were closer to the 60 or 70 range. And then <laughs> Dyson. <laughs> oh, sure. 800 yeah. bucks. Or so. Literally. I'm not joking. I think it's 800 yeah. bucks. Some people uh, have more money than sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know it doesn't work. No one says that it works. <laughs> But anyway, whatever. I'm, it's hot as hell, but I'm not going to buy it. That's not my point. They all have these monitors. They all have sensors. Yeah. But they're all worthless because the water and the fan is right there. There's no way to accurately gauge anything because right. it has so, to be a standalone device. So with your Arduino yeah, idea, so all you do you've is got get a longer a, wire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put it wherever you want, you multiple just, places. Yeah, exactly. You attach yeah. it to. Yeah. Yeah. You would probably want to put it if since your since your goal is not to deal with a guitar, but to deal with your asthma, then you want to put it at head level where your mouth is usually going to be. Mm-hmm. I create a mask and I install it in the mask. I wear the put mask it in the mask, but it only works on the inhale, not the exhale. So if you really want to get into it that way, like... you could just put it on the back of your head. <laughs> Super comfortable. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah, and it's like a little gimp mask, and you're just walking yeah. around, and then there's something for everybody, right? Yes, I'm trying to do my Bane impression. Thing. Yes. <laughs> you um, merely adopted the humidity. I was born to it. You you put one in the bedroom, one at anywhere. So yeah, so that would actually be really easy because that is just an adaptation of the same code that I wrote for the thermostatically controlled outlet. Mm. And that runs just fine on, let's see, I have it running on an Uno right now, but you could run it on a Pico. You could run it on anything because it doesn't. And so you can run it on an $8 Arduino. Okay. You just need a power source, which, you know, you've got a million chargers laying around. So use one of those. If we want to get fancy, we could use a wireless unit. We could actually put the sensor on its own Pico board. Roscoe Pico train. Some days I feel like we're young and with it, and some yeah. days I'm like, God damn it, we're old. So much. I mean, and I never, I never call myself old because I think it's so boring. But yeah. yes, when I think about, I was okay, trying I'm to. I'm old and boring now. Great. I, I was trying to explain to Lindsay the Dukes of Hazard, and she just, it just did not compute. She's like, yeah. wait, 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 wait a minute. I mean, she remembered Daisy Dukes. She knew what that was. I was trying to just say, like, yeah, so it was a bunch of moonshine and rednecks, but it was actually the, the sheriff that was corrupt. Right. It, it was so hard to explain. I'm like, I don't know what they were doing. Like, what did they what did they spend their days doing? Were they detectives? They I know. I know. They had moonshine cars. and helping people. I, it's, they were helping people, weren't they? Like they were actually yeah. supposed to be the good guys. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. What a world. What yeah. a world. So yeah. So what other what other projects are we going to do for next week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I think no. I think that's. I think that's the point of this podcast. That there may not be a next week, Nate. Right. That's the, yeah, fair, fair. Uh, let's see. I am really, I'm really getting all in to the home automation thing just because I'm realizing more and more like how much it 
reduces stress in my life. Well, and then once you get into <laughs> once you get into that and you get into the Arduinos, you know, the compiler is is you just pick the right board and it compiles it for that board. Yeah. And then you've told it what pins are input, what pins are output. You know, you tell it what to do, where to send. Like, it's so easy, man. Okay. It's so easy. So I've got a system that I built for the front that turns my lights on. So in the gallery, it gets dark here. I don't like having lights on all the time because I don't like the electric bill. So I built a little a little trigger that turns the lights on at 530 and then turns them off at 11. And it's just these little RGB floodlights that I've put in that light up specific parts of the wall that you can see as you drive or walk by. Yes. Right? That's all. That's all I wanted it to do. It does it. It's beautiful. It's perfect. I'm happy. Mm. You know, and I get a little notification whenever it turns on and turns off. So super simple. But not in your panic room. But not in my panic room. (laughs) It's on my phone. So whenever I happen to go check my phone, I can see that it did it. I love that. You know, but the it's this stuff is all really (laughs) straightforward. And I love two things. I want to make I want to show you how to make the HEPA filters because they're stupid easy. You know, you basically get any HEPA filter that is on sale for cheap, super cheap, the nicest one you can get. And I like the circular ones that go into vacuums because they're easy to put a bottom and a top on. Okay. All right. So that's next week. Okay. All right. We'll have we'll have our prototype of the humidifier. Initially, we won't involve the pump element, so yeah. we'll do one thing at a time. One thing but at a we'll time. have the humidifier. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's 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 our homework. All right. Okay. Good job. As always, Nate, it is fun to uh, ruminate about the end end of the world with you. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. I love you. I love you too. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.